Hey, I'm Danny Belvin. And I'm Tamika Brown. And we're biracial unicorns. And we want to know who came up with the term social distancing. Ugh, social distancing. Did they, you think they got a bunch of like PR people together and been like, what can we call this to make it not sound quarantine-y like? Right. <laughs> like, we don't want to call it quarantine. <laughs> we don't want to call gonna it freak that. out. They're going to freak. Social distancing. Ugh, I don't like it. Like, the more <laughs> I say it, the less I like it. But I like it. Like, I I like the concept. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't like the wordage. The word. So here's the thing. Social distancing, I think, is going to be how self-care was for me. The first time I heard it, I was like, oh, it just sounded so pretentious right. on my ear. And it took me a mm. while to be like, okay, but what is it saying? So this one is like, it's social distancing. It's not you know, bowing out. It, quarantine sounds very dangerous. This really is like, okay, do you need to go get some carrots? Go to the store, get carrots, come, come straight back. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah. So well, here we are in the yeah. apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you didn't think you get such good service. Like how's the, <laughs> the apocalypse? Right. Everyone's got 5G. Thank God Wi-Fi hasn't yeah. gone down. Oh my girl, don't even, like you thought toilet paper was going by. <laughs> this is, yeah. it's, it's insane. So this week we're talking about this yes because this is the only thing happening <sighs> in most people's minds right now yeah and it felt weird to not talk about it um so hopefully we can just kind of get it all out and yeah. return to our normal things at least as far as the podcast yeah next week full disclosure we are recording this on Almost a full week before this episode will drop. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Who, who like definitely a week knows? <laughs> yeah, this is Wednesday. It'll come out on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the difference between last Wednesday and oh, today is is insane. That, I think yeah. that's another thing is that things are happening so quickly. Yeah. So, so quickly. I feel like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're like the longest days of my life mm. between each of those days it felt like a year had passed mm. because so much had changed over those those three days mm -hmm. and so it's weird so i, th I think it's so interesting because we're going to get the aspect of what's going on in america as opposed to me being in england uh because we've been hearing about the coronavirus for a while, just simply because of our proximity is a bit closer right. to China. And um, with Italy closing down for, for quite a while and being in quarantine yeah. and having my friends, you know, not being able to leave or trying to leave and can't. It's just, it's very, it's interesting world perspective when you know people. I mean, I'm sure you have the same thing because you know people all around the world as well. Mm -hmm. And so we're yeah. able to get those little clips. So yeah, we're talking about it. Danny actually brought it up because she's 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 good. <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> because I I'm just I'm sick and tired of talking about it, but I'm so glad to be talking about it with you and I'm really hoping that we can kind of talk about, you know, the gist, some facts and then also just kind of end with some some hope. Coronavirus. How do you say it? COVID? COVID? Co yeah, I, I I was saying COVID, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> There's no accent on that eye. That's Tamika. what. That's what I'm saying. it in. No, I want to. I'm like it's, it's COVID. COVID. <laughs> COVID dicks. <laughs> All of a sudden, this virus got a lot more interesting. Heck yeah! You better catch me. Sorry. So I deal with really stressful things with really bad humor. So I guess here we go. Here's also we are not health experts. We don't claim to be reputable journalists, and I tend to use humor when I am scared, stressed, and, and or uncomfortable. So those are all my disclaimers. So, Same, except I don't know if I use humor as a defense mechanism. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what comes out. out. I think like I think COVID-19, because it's a lot, yeah, a lot easier than say that the 2019 Novel Coronis, which sounds like... Um, Patronus. Yeah. yeah. So coronavirus is just a lot of vir viral diseases are mm -hmm. coronaviruses. Exactly. Like the common cold, like all the colds are yeah. coronaviruses, which is part of the reason why this is such a big deal. 
I guess they all tend to be pretty easily transmitted. Yeah, it, it's it's all about water vapors, which is we don't right. even realize how much even the, they're like, oh, a cough. Well, no one was in the room. Well, fool, that's going to stay in the water vapors in the room, depending on the severity yeah. and the intensity of the particular strain, which this particular one is it lingers. But once again, mm-hmm. I think another thing that makes it so uh, intense is it's a new kid on the block. Yeah, the projections I've heard, I'm trying not to spread any misinformation. So if I say Mm -hmm. anything that you know is wrong, please correct me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the information that I heard, the projections, when all is said and done with this, about half of the world's population can expect to have been infected at some point during during the run of this virus so it's like very very contagious and we've got a long ride ahead of us my friends i think that's the thing too it's funny because technically this guy his cousins are going to be he's the cousins of like sars and mars i'm sorry mers Mm -hmm. and so they're they're all kicking it and so they have similar attitudes and they kind of act the same but of course not as the severity but like i said this new kid on the block is just so freaking contagious they're still technically a lot of people saying of expecting to have still mild symptoms and so even when people hear something as daunting as a projection of half the world still getting this it's like okay half of us have several colds a year right you know what i mean like how many people in the world get colds most people in the world get colds even severe colds and so it's it's so difficult because the numbers don't lie but it's just what to expect is still so uncertain Exactly. And this is for most people. It's not going to be a severe thing, perhaps. The big problem with this coronavirus is because it is very respiratory, Mm -hmm. it's leading to a lot of pneumonia and things with people. So it's particularly dangerous for the elderly, for anyone who's immunocompromised. For a lot of people, it's very dangerous. Mm, Even people who are diabetic. Yeah, yeah. And even though for the majority of people, it's not going to be fatal, it's still a dangerous, a dangerous thing. And and right now what we're seeing with all these closures, and I feel like I've said this a million times now, just by the nature of my job and my interactions with people because of this, uh, it's not, the closures aren't like a panic response. Mm -hmm. The closures are very much a preventative response Mm -hmm. so that we can kind of lessen the spread over time so instead of it spiking and everyone getting sick at once we're gonna just like lessen the spread as much as we can it's still gonna spread very widely but the idea is to lessen the impact on our healthcare systems so that they can actually respond to the cases that need the actual response. I don't like I I want to talk briefly, I guess, like just personally, like I want to hear like what's happening with you, what's happening with your family, what's happening in England. I was just telling you off air that England takes the whole keep calm and carry on thing very seriously. Because like I said, our proximity to it, we have been hearing about it for a while. And I think a lot of people were saying, and I think we'll talk about this later, uh, hearing the cases happening in China. Oh, that's a China problem. Mm. Oh, what? Oh, and something else going on in China. And so it was very secluded. It was very over there. And then very, very quickly, we started getting cases, like I said, in Italy, it really started to kind of pop off. And once right. again, they had a lot of going on. And like, we're like, oh, quarantine seems to be a bit intense. Oh, they've quarantined the North. That should do it. Oh, that didn't do it. And you just started kind of like seeing it kind of swell. And I still think we had this, once again, that's going to be mainland Europe problem again. Right. And kind of looking towards what, what Mr. Mr. Boris Johnson kind of seeing. I do respect the level head approach. I do. That's your job. But when, when I see that, I also see of hope for the best, prepare for the worst kind of attitude. And I think it, the attitude across the board of what I'm getting is a lot of people saying, hey, perhaps we should probably follow suit. And like the worst thing they could possibly think of is causing any kind of panic. And I'm like, well, there's panic and then there's preparation. Right. Exactly. It's interesting because 
I feel like I actually first heard of the coronavirus when I was in England. Like, I feel like that was when it first hit the news about it happening in, in China. Yeah. Early January. And now here we are two and a half months later and it's it's everywhere. It is well, actually it's some all of the, over the whole world now. Yeah. Well, they had the first cases, which they were in just December, classified. Right? Yeah, in December of what they thought was pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And then, then they kind of went over. I mean, but that's how quickly it went from being cases of pneumonia in 2019 to where the World Health Organization was like, hey, in January, the end of January was like, hey, there's an outbreak going on to where March 11th, it was like labeled a pandemic, like boom, boom, boom. Right. I, I have never seen it. it. It was just so intense. And so here, I think also they're very much of like, you know, be careful of the media. And I will say, I think they're trying desperately over here to debunk and take down any kind of fake news and research that's not reputable. They're literally right. pulling down sites and telling places not to put up fake numbers. You know, they're trying, they're trying so hard to make sure people are getting properly informed. And but yeah, as of right now, our schools are still meeting. That is so crazy to me. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, They have concerts and events that are happening in May, girl, that are being canceled, that are being canceled indefinitely. That sounds right for sure. I think a lot of our listeners are American, uh, Mm -hmm. so are probably pretty well aware of, of the response that's happening here. But in the U.S. at least, it's kind of on individual states what's mm-hmm. happening. So here in New Mexico, we had our first cases last Wednesday. So that's why I was saying this week has been like, this full week has been crazy. So we had our first cases last Wednesday. Thursday night, the public schools announced that they would be closing the following Monday for three weeks. And so all of my work kind of followed the public school calendars. So I'm working from home now. I teach at the community college, also teaching online. And then I, I'm also some classes at the university. And so now I don't even know what's happening with that class because we're technically on spring break <laughs> this week. So I we haven't heard too. anything. Yeah, we're closed the next two weeks, the university is. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if things end up closing for longer. Mm-hmm. I am definitely feeling my privilege right now yes, more than yes, I ever yes. have. Mm. Three years ago, I would just be not working, not making any money, mm-hmm. fucking scared probably. So yes. I think there's a lot of people in that boat and I I understand <laughs> and I, mm-hmm. I feel very fortunate that I am able, I'm in a, a job situation where I can work from home, but- Man, capitalism. I'm always talking about how I hate capitalism. (laughs) Fuck capitalism. I hate all of this. Part of me, my husband is like very hopeful (laughs) right now that like systems are going to be rebuilt and like everyone's going to recognize the issues with our systems. And I I know. Yes. I would love that. I don't actually anticipate that's what's going to happen. I am very scared for a lot of people in our our community and in our world. But we'll get into that in just a bit. Let's let's talk about about healthcare. <laughs> let's let's talk about healthcare, Danny. Speaking of, so we didn't want to just talk about the lack of stuff on our shelves because you all can surf your Instagram for that. Things are disappearing, there are shortages, people are just not used to having they don't know what to do, they don't know how long to to prep for. It's crazy, but there are other ripple effects outside of the lack of water and toilet paper that you are finding. For sure. And that is healthcare. The most obvious basic hit I still feel is like the last thing that we're kind of in the, in, in the world giving our support to Jeez, and for. No kidding. And big ups to all those healthcare workers who can't you. self-quarantine and who are no. out there working for all of us. Girl, girl, I literally was just reading an article about a woman who has a newborn and a two-year-old and her husband's a doctor and, and he is self-quarantining from, from his family. Oh because my god. Because he's out 
So he has to like stay like in a different whole part of the house, like separated from his whole family because he doesn't want to get them sick because he's dealing with sick people yeah. all the time. Are you guys taking any precautions like that in your house? What's your what's your self-quarantine situation? Uh, right now, because we haven't been told to, it's, it's kind of like the social distancing where it's mm-hmm. like, if you don't have to be out, don't be out. So I, like I said, I had, I burned my hand, so I had a little bit of an accident and I also got regularly sick, which girl, don't you go out and cough nowhere. Don't you um, even clear you your throat. You don't have to tell me. Don't you it, is, <laughs> it is allergy season and I am girl. Asian presenting. So <laughs> you, you better not. in public, it's like oh. so much side eye. I cannot handle girl, it. Girl, I cleared my throat in a public place and I thought I was going to get severely stoned. <laughs> Everyone literally broke their necks to whip around to see where that was coming from. I was like, why is it? It's crazy. It, I don't want to get carried away because I will. It's very intense. Uh, we, we're just increasing our, our hand washing. We have stopped having, you know, we like to cook and, and have hospitality. So I've stopped that. Unfortunately, even for me, I like to make food and bring it to people. I've had to do like sack lunches or that's what they're doing for our um, our reach out for our churches. We would normally feed the homeless and just be out in the public. But we've had to just go to making lunches. We've had to like stream our services. It's just we're limiting the exposure without being fully quarantined just yet. But I really, by the time this is out, it would not surprise me if we were on full lockdown mode. There's been cut off to London. The public transportation system is looking a little scarce. So at the, all the major cities, they're being told basically to kind of stay away from. So yeah. I mean, we had to cancel our plans to travel. A lot of people had to cancel right. plans to travel. Yeah. It's... um. Yeah, but like you said, I was planning on going to Denver at the end of the month, which isn't even far. Oh, that's right. But that has been <laughs> canceled as well. Mm-hmm. It just seems but- I, like, I mean, I'm sure there's people who have to travel for various reasons. Uh, for example, we have some interns at work who are part of a program and they are both German. So I just got oh, wow. news this morning that they will be returning home on monday so they're like frantically packing like they've been here since august so they're and they weren't gonna go home until the beginning of june so they're going home early and so you know like there's people who have to travel for various reasons and i totally recognize that Uh, but for me personally even though i was just gonna drive to denver and hang out at my sister's house it felt irresponsible <laughs> to, to do so. Right. Exactly. So with that, a lot of people, I know people who've uh, canceled trips to Paris. I mean, we, we canceled our trip to Italy. A lot of people, I have a friend of mine who went to go see her parents real quick, just, you know, just hop over to Poland and she's stuck there now. She can't get back. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, we have people who are, like I said, they're just stuck in this kind of limbo area. But the healthcare here, and I don't know if they're doing this in America, I think they have, uh, doing a lot of phone uh, checkup mm. appointments, which has raised all kinds of hell. People are, they have mixed feelings. On one hand, they're like, if you, unless it's an emergency, please just call and we will conduct our checkups, exams over the phone. Yeah. But a woman's like, I'm pregnant. How can I get my scan for my child when I'm at home? You know, there are some things that have to somehow carry on and and do those things. I think the phone, like the nurse line sort of things have been around for a while here. Mm -hmm. I don't have good enough insurance that I see any doctors who do that. But I wouldn't be surprised if if that becomes more widespread. I know as far as the virus itself, people are being instructed to actually call first if they suspect that they have it. And then they like kind of talk talk to you and like, you know, uh, set up a or encourage you to go get tested. And then even if you test positive for it, then comes like, the, the questions of gauging the severity of it and either asking you to self-quarantine or to go to the hospital. But I know it's like pretty, pretty serious and they're very much n- <laughs> discouraging sick people from leaving their houses, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so difficult. So we have people who, <clears throat> we talked about this as like, with healthcare who probably are not used to going and seeking healthcare to begin with. Yep. 
you know, so many people don't have insurance. And yeah, or if they do, it's it's laughable. Yeah, our I mean, our healthcare system, at least in the US, is very overtaxed. Like it has been developed to the point of being overtaxed already. Like, like, you know, emergency room waits and all those things were already so long before this hit. So, so it's just on top of all of that, on top of business as usual, somehow finding, finding that to happen. And, and, you know, I'm lucky. I live in a, a pretty decent sized city. There's a lot of health care readily available to me, but I like I am very aware as a New Mexican, like the majority of our state is very rural. So mm-hmm. how are those people supposed to get health care? How are people on the res supposed to get health care? Um, exactly. Time? And that's what I want to know where they're putting up these testing stations mm-hmm. at. I, I've actually been like a little not obsessive, but I've just been really concerned because I don't think they're going to these areas once again that are going to be slightly impoverished or rural because yes, it's going to be in concentrated cities is where it's going to hit the most. But I think it's one of those things of are those, once again, it's a privilege, it's an access, it's, it's who's able to get these, these tests here. Cause we have the, you the universal healthcare with the NHS people are like, they're almost told like, Hey, we don't have a cure for this. So people are like, I think I might be sick. Let me go get tested. Let me go get this. And it's like, we don't have anything to cure you. So they're, they're just bombarded. Holy cow. It is so intense. Yeah, for real. And, you know, the situation here in the U.S. is there aren't enough tests to test everyone. Like you hear about South Korea where they just were free tests, drive through testing, like everyone, which Mm -hmm. seems responsible. (laughs) And in the U.S., we don't have enough tests, but like. I keep reading about all these celebrities getting tested who aren't even sick. Like, like what is happening? Like, what is this? Like so illustrative of the classist system in which we live. Girl, I, I can't with it popping up every time like this celebrity had this celebrity what are what are you trying to do? Cause a, it makes people actually more uncomfortable and then stokes more fear and at the same time, I don't care. They have the money. Not that there's anything to do to fix it. I'm just saying they have the access and they can get to a hospital if they right. start experiencing respiratory issues, which is what the biggest fear is, respiratory issues and even some uh, organ uh, malfunction or a kidney right. overload. D- does that make sense? They can afford that. Hell, they can get a new kidney if they wanted yeah. to. It's it's one of the things that I am very aware of the, the amount of of our supplies. And we have to be very wise with that. And I think that's why it's really important that we have real news and making sure we're like, are you experiencing this? Do you have a temperature of over that? Some people don't even own a thermometer. Uh, it's I do not. I do not own need. a thermometer. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I had a friend of mine who was like, I don't even own a thermometer. How do I know I'll have a temperature? Because that is the big right big tell right there is a high temp so it's like okay we can't get everyone tested can we get thermometers out to people can't does that make sense can we tell people how to tell a proper temperature in order to do that so if they think they're on that scale then we can use those materials in order to get to test them correctly but we're not putting out that information we're not putting out those materials it's just we don't have enough tests so Oh, I guess come come here, Tom Hanks. No offense. I love you, Tom Hanks. Yeah. But and also, he was actually like, sick. Like, that's different. And he's yeah. in that at-risk demographic, right? Yeah, so, he totally is. But And I think for as far as Tom Hanks getting coronavirus, I think for many people, that was like the first, oh, shit, this is a real thing moment. Yeah, it didn't care what kind of money you make. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm very... I'm concerned about people who don't have a lot of access to healthcare anyway. And in the U.S., 15% of the population is rural, like lives in a rural area. Mm-hmm. And actually, the average age of rural Americans, I just looked up, it's 73.3. So they're already at Ooh. the most risk. <laughs> like Exactly. But then... But the argument, some of people say, well, they have a lo- lower chance. I literally talked to somebody yesterday. I'm, I'm not saying it was a fight. I'm just saying it was a strong conversation in the middle of the grocery store about saying, but why test them? Why care? 
because they're less likely to get it because they're in a rural area. Yeah, that's bullshit. Uh-huh. Oh, girl, I had words. I had thoughts. I respect their way because scientifically, they're not wrong per se. There is just the humanness about that that was completely missing. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't, if it's this contagious, you don't know that. You don't know simply because they're further out from the main source that by the time this is said and done. Like it, it literally yeah. does not care. This virus gives. I no mean, uh, and obviously, <laughs> or maybe this isn't obvious. There are more barriers to telecommuting out in the rural areas, mm-hmm. and a lot of people do kind of drive into larger m- metropolitan areas to work, and they might not even have broadband access. You know, they can't <laughs> fucking work Girl. from home. Girl. Yeah, I we don't live. Like, nobody lives, at least in the U.S., I don't think. Nobody really lives a very, like, Walden, out in the middle of nowhere fucking <laughs> lifestyle. No, we'll take, so take New Mexico, for example. We have the VA hospital. That is the VA that covers a lot of areas. So if you're a vet and you need to be seen, you have to drive all the way from wherever you live to go to the VA hospital yep. to be seen. I used to serve people, been like, oh, what are you guys doing here today in Albuquerque? Oh, we drove up three. Oh, we came in from Socorro. We came in from, yeah. you know, the, these these different areas from Raton. We came up, you know what I mean, from Glorietta to be seen. I'm a vet. And they had to drive all this way to be seen. They'll have a nice lunch. They'll make a day of it. And they'll drive yeah. back. That's real. And so I think it's not only the healthcare that is, like, exposing our privilege and the classism but a thing that worries me and this was something that we kind of mentioned briefly to each other off air um the the sexism and the racism within the healthcare system already so it makes me very worried like something i think we've talked about on the show before is women and black women in particular tend to be taken a lot less seriously by healthcare workers mm-hmm. about like their levels of pain and about like levels of sickness and so i'm worried about how that's going to look in the face of all of this I have no clue. Uh, you know, we, we want to believe that everyone in the healthcare system is doing the best, especially under great duress. Some people do tend to rise to the occasion, uh, but other times, also people tend also to crumble under great stress. They don't. They don't have time with it. They they have so much to sort through, and they're just going off of instinct. And unfortunately, it has been shown that the initial gut instinct is to not believe women of color when it comes to their health. I think it takes a lot for especially women of color to come forward and say, I am actually mm-hmm. sick. So when they do and they're not listened to, I mean, there's a distrust there. So I'm really worried that people and specifically women of color are not even going to come forward in the first place. And if they do, they're not going to, they're, they're not going to be listened to. So I, I'm, I'm being optimistic, Yeah, <laughs> but it, but it is a concern. It is definitely yeah. a concern of mine. Whew. This is, not fun (laughs) it it isn't but it's like you said though even within this this it is a quarantine the social distancing like you had mentioned before i have never been more aware of my privileges and i and i hope a lot of people i want to believe that i know that's not the case i do hope some people realize their their privileges you know i am the work i do i do from home anyway so if my daughter has to be sent home and can't go to school I can homeschool her and I do not take that lightly. And I think there's a lot of people who are feeling that pressure and don't know what to do. They feel unequipped. They feel overwhelmed or, you know, they still have to go to work and hats off to retail people, people who are still working in grocery stores. Like y'all are just out there, you know, putting yourself in danger as much as doctors. (laughs) Every day, every day. So much love and respect and safety to those. Uh, Absolutely. As well. like, and my privilege is not only the ability to work from home, but the fact that I don't have children. <laughs> like, I know that sounds like a weird thing to say as a privilege. I mean, and, and it's my choice no. to not have children. But I, as someone who has worked with children for many years, like, I know it can be very challenging. And I know... Like I think about my coworkers, you know, and I have a couple of coworkers with with young children and I'm like, I don't think 
they're going to be able to get much work done from home with their kids home with them. Like, because you have to, you Mm -hmm. have to weigh all the things. And, you know, if you have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, you can't just leave them to like entertain themselves. (laughs) Like, No, not for what they need to, not if you're trying to like have a business meeting. And like, yes, you could probably park them in front of the TV for a while, but like a lot of parents, Uh, at least parents I know, like aren't comfortable doing that for even like an hour a day. Like that's a lot of fucking TV for such a small child. Mm -hmm. And girl, the food. My my little girl just turned six and she eats mm-hmm. like a grown man. <laughs> like the amount, like to me, if I'm busy, if I'm working, I'll go without lunch. I'll have my tea. I'll have water. I'll go. But I don't have that. I have to stop. I have to make sure she gets breakfast, lunch and dinner. She gets her snacks. She has art. She has, you know, she has interaction. And the thing is, because I have an only kid, she's going to miss that interaction with other kids so desperately, making sure they're active things of that nature keeping their spirits high because it's a lot for them too you know girl oh i have to share this i picked up my daughter today from school today and i'm like how's your day how was lunch who's the star of the day what you learn in phonics you know all the things and i'm like oh when kids have a little accident they get a little slip oh they bumped into somebody oh they stubbed the toe they had an ice pack cool whatever mariah ran into somebody today and had to get ice on her face i'm like oh girl she's like we were just running around really fast we're playing a new game oh what's the game she goes coronavirus if you're the virus it's like tag she literally she's like we're playing coronavirus if you're the virus you have to try to go touch people and if you do that they're sick and they're it Kids are very aware that this is happening. Yep. Can be really scary, yep. but it can also be one of those things that's just like becoming part of their lives that they're aware of. That that really mm-hmm. makes me very uncomfortable <laughs> that they're playing coronavirus. Was, no, exactly. It was very sobering. I had to like stop at that moment. I'm like, baby girl, you do know people like I don't mince words with her. I'm like, you do know people are dying. She goes, she's like, I know. I know. I just, I want it. She's like, I just wanted to laugh. And I'm like, I get that. I, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. It's a whole ring around the rosies kind of thing. Like we all, we, th- they're processing. And I, and I think that's another thing I'm very worried about people is how are people processing this in dealing with this? It's hard not to have emotional responses. It's the fight or flight when you hear something like this. And unfortunately, you can't really do either when you are quarantined. It's it, it's a lot. I'm not un- like it's it is a lot. There's a lot to process for sure. And I think for those of us whose lives are being disruptive, which is soon to be everyone if it isn't already. Yeah. Everybody. I think there's there's only so much processing you can do while you're trying to like adapt to a new routine and and be in the moment and be mindful. Like I personally, social distancing, not so much a problem for me. I don't really go Mm. out that often anyway. (laughs) Honestly, it's like mostly work. And so like not going to work is like, (laughs) that's fine. And being working from home, I'm an introvert and my husband is still working. So he, he is out during the day. So I'm just home by myself and I like it. Honestly, like I like being home by myself and Mm. I feel like (laughs) productive and like I can do lots of things. All of that is fine, but I also tend to be a very anxious person. Like I I have a lot of anxieties and like Mm -hmm. I think for me, even though I wouldn't say that I'm like scared or even that worried, like things are just progressing, like I can feel that anxiety and like for example night before last I slept less than three hours so (laughs) it's just manifesting in different ways you know exactly and it is going to manifest in different ways like people are not handling the stress Mm -hmm. of this and the unknown as well and some people I think I think a lot of people they're not sleeping as much especially if you're not getting outside as much which is important if you're trying to stay mm-hmm. healthy we all need to be sleeping yes, a normal and, amount you know eating decent food people are having a hard time getting fruits and vegetables which is really decent you know and it stress is manifesting yes. in a weird way like hoarding goods uh 
not <laughs> not being caring to one another. I would like to encourage people to just be compassionate about other people's hoarding and other mm. people's like anxieties manifesting in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like it sucks. It's it's weird, but I think like having recognizing that it's for a lot of people not coming from a place of maliciousness and rather a place of anxiety like exactly. helps with the compassion. It, it it really really does. But one thing I will not be compassionate about how some people's stress and fears manifesting is xenophobia. Yeah, xenophobia. And by yeah, I mean no. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> it's I fucking terrible. I I how Danny perfectly put it. Like people who've never had to deal with this kind of stress, like people who have dealt with hurricanes, tornadoes have done something similar. A lot of people, especially in America, have dealt with some of that. England, they're like, oh, we've got the plagues. I'm just, (laughs) but there's some people have some kind of level of experience, but I think a lot of people don't. And there is a little bit of compassion and grace we have to give to each other, not excusal for some behavior, but compassion and grace. And I think We'll be surprised at how far that goes. But what I will not tolerate and what I think a lot of people shouldn't tolerate is xenophobia, which (laughs) we're seeing a lot towards people, especially towards people uh, of East Asian background. Uh, Xenophobia is a fear of foreigners or strangers, basically. Yes, it's really weird this situation that we're in um i was listening to if if anyone wants to hear like a really good podcast dealing with this issue in particular Mm. there was a an episode of code switch that came out recently that was talking about it i love code switch shout outs npr love you (laughs) but it, it mentioned the fact that for asian americans for a long time they've been kind of flying like they're, they're seen as the model minority, right? So mm-hmm. for, like, as far as racism and things, definitely there has been experiences of that. I'm not discounting that. But it's been it's been different, right? Like, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, it's kind of flying under the radar. And, and recently with this, the xenophobia has been redirected specifically to people of East Asian descent, which is so fucking stupid. It's, <laughs> um, it's so awful but, like it puts a bad taste in my mouth yeah part of the problem is there is a lot of and this is the problem with so many things in our world a lot of like echo chambers and the fact like the fact that our president called the coronavirus the chinese yes, virus yes can we can we go to that real quick historically yeah they are trying so hard to make sure we stop naming viruses after their country of origin in order for us to start decreasing the the outrage and blatant racism towards that group of people please it's not yellow fever guys which is also another slang term they're trying to coin up to this that but i mean there is a disease called yellow fever already already taken guys (laughs) already taken (laughs) read a book it's already taken but that's the thing media is playing a horrific there was the cover oh i should have saved it i should put it in our notes the cover of one of the main magazines in australia is like born out of china and it's someone in a hazmat who's obviously of asian descent you know looking it, it's very terrifying it's very fear-mongering and they're putting so much out there there's this amazing um uh sociologist who i believe she is uh British Asian, Asian British. I should figure out how they pre- they would prefer. Her name is Diana uh, Ye, and she has been on several shows interviewing, talking about this phenomenon. And she's actually started the hashtag of "I will eat with you." That's kind of been going around like the UK of talking about how to combat mm-hmm. this. And she was actually bringing up in England along with a woman named Heidi Chow, who talks about her experiences that within the UK, because East Asians make such a small group. And because they're culturally look at as a little bit more submissive and mild mannered, they actually have witnessed racism, but because of their, their stereotype, they don't normally say anything back, but because now it's kind of increased, it's been brought underneath the yeah. microscope. They're really hoping that this will draw attention to something that they've already been experiencing, like moving to a whole other tube because they're on it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know no, I mean? it's. Like it's it's actually happening. You know, we exist in our our bubbles. And as somebody who works in primarily the arts, like 
my bubbles tend to be very, very liberal, but I think a lot of the ultra conservative Republican bubbles are kind of spreading this information. So people are going out there with this attitude. Uh, For example, one of my mother's friends was telling her to not worry about getting the coronavirus because she heard that you could only get it if you eat at Chinese restaurants. And see. Um, Yeah. It's ridiculous. And the other thing that's really horrific is the physical harm. The physical oh, harm yes. is is actually quite real. So for those of us who think that, you know, we're we're over exaggerating, people are getting physically threatened, they're getting physically um attacked. And you know, yes. and it's not just America as well. Um reading in another account from Heidi Chow from from England, she was talking about in Japan, the Twitter hashtag hashtag Chinese don't uh Chinese don't come to Japan has been trending. In order for them well, to help stop that's that. that's also not, like, we all know I love Japan. <laughs> but but that country is so fucking xenophobic. Like, it's it's part of the, like, like that does not surprise me at mm-hmm. all. I'm not saying that everyone Japanese is xenophobic, but there is a lot of aversion to outsiders in Japan. And they already had strong feelings about the Chinese. So that does not surprise me. Mm -hmm. But I think there's that lack of exposure and people realizing, oh, I think because they clump everybody together. That's another thing, too. Of anyone right, in Vietnam, I, mm-hmm. I was reading about how in Vietnam, a lot of restaurants like pretty much immediately started putting up signs being like, no Chinese allowed. And that's mm-hmm. sort of Singapore, same thing. But people would, you know, group them all together. That's yeah. that's not it. <laughs> right. You know, people screaming, you know, a dirty Chinese, keep your virus Chinese to two people. Another woman who was Asian Australia. There we go. It's Asian British, Asian Australia. There we go. Uh, just people saying that they just literally are walking down the street or trying to go about their lives and being shouted out and like, you're not welcomed here. Go away. And it's, it's so, it's, I, I, I wish that it was just the fear. And it's like, oh, people, you know, you know, you can't react in fear, but all it is is just taking people's, their mask off there. It's like when you have a beer and they say it cuts the edge off and it's really you and what you really think. It's the fear that's kind of letting their filter down. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's, this is not causing anything that's not already existing. Exactly. And that's exactly. the point. Mm-hmm. That, that is, is key, I think, that it is not causing anything that didn't already exist. Uh, it's just bringing mm. it to the surface. That is absolutely right. So stop. Go once this all clears up, because we're being optimistic. Once it clears up, go eat Chinese, hug someone <laughs> who's been through a lot, ask them about their life, because I guarantee if we just open up to people who are from East Asian countries, they will gladly probably talk about it. Yeah, I've been seeing I've that. been seeing a lot of people posting about um, their personal experiences in this realm. A lot of people yes. who I know, like someone being yelled at at the gym to make sure that she wipes down her shit because they don't want any of her coronavirus, like that sort of bullshit. Yep. Ugh. Share your stories. Yeah. Because even us just saying that, people are going to be like, it's not that bad. But the more you share your firsthand experiences, mm-hmm. the more I think people will realize that this is not something we are we are making up or over-exaggerating. But no excuse. Fear does not equate to racism. Just that's our lesson for today. <laughs> yes. Yes, for real. <sighs> so, so Danny. In a place and a time where we feel like we don't have any control, what what should we do? Well, you know, there are the recommendations from the CDC that I keep parroting mm-hmm. and that keep being parroted to the point of almost fucking parody in this world. Um, but, but they're real. <laughs> they're so real. So they are. So wash your fucking hands and wash them good. Mm. Don't wash them how you normally do. Do an actual no, wash. No, no. Put some yeah. effort into it. Like real. I want them to be dry afterward. Like put. Also put lotion in your bathrooms, yeah. guys. Your hands gonna get dry. My hands have never been so dry in my life. 
girl. It's so horrible. I know. I've I've been very strict about washing my hands and using hand sanitizer. And yes, everywhere ran out of hand sanitizer. Uh, and we are yes, yeah, we are pain. making our hand sanitizer at home. We are those people. No, that's great. We can't find aloe vera. Really? Has even ran out over here because people were making their own. I can't even find yeah, aloe. We have aloe vera, <laughs> and we're actually currently using Everclear because that is what was available in this yeah. world. So that's Everclear and aloe vera, and, and some essential oils, so it smells nice. But mm-hmm. yeah, so wash your hands, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely don't touch your face, which is the hardest part of my life right now. It's become less hard now that I haven't been going anywhere. I did go to the store yesterday and realized I didn't have my hand sanitizer in my bag. <laughs> it was a whole thing. Uh, mm. But definitely washed my hands as soon as I got home. Um, uh, but yeah, I I think for me, something that I've been doing, because I tend to touch my face a lot and I have these habits of like fixing my bangs fixing my glasses like i have i've decided that i will no longer wear my glasses when i'm going out in public because i do have contacts that i wear like to work out and other things so i am now on a strict like if i'm going somewhere in public i am putting on my contacts so i don't touch my glasses oh that's so hard that's really wise though um and then of course stay home Stay home if you if you can. If it's an available option to you, you stay home. Even if you feel good. Yes. And I, I understand there's a lot of impulse too to wanting support to support like local businesses and things at this time. Yes. And yeah, help other and people. help others. But I think the best thing you could do as far as helping others is staying home. If you want to help other businesses and help restaurants and stuff, you can definitely do things like buy gift cards and you probably don't even have yeah. to go there like call them on the phone buy a gift card over the phone <laughs> with your credit card or, or even online, online if, if you, you can. can yeah there's there's lots of ways to do that um but try to stay home if you can and if you're sick definitely stay home mhm i think also a big thing is screen your news yes girl please 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 I, I, here's the thing. My husband, he has a thing because I do a lot of, you know, research for the show and research for other things. And it's all very, very heavy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I can come away from a couple of days of research and just, ugh, and just feel heavy. And my husband always tells me, Demika, I'm really proud of you, but you need to also fill your head with good things. <sighs> for uh, real. You also, yeah, you have to have that balance. But with this time, I know staying informed is very empowering and it's important. But please, Please, my beautiful unicorns, screen your news, making sure you're not getting it from your social media outlets, going, going to the actual like John Hopkins. uh, They have a really good map. If you're one of the people who want account, which I don't advise, it's really bad for your mental health, Uh, going to the World Health Organization, the CDC, go to reputable sources and screen and try to limit to maybe just twice a day, maybe morning and evening. Oof, that is <laughs> like, good. That is so good. And I, mm-hmm. it, it's just so easy to fall down that rabbit hole and just spend like mm-hmm. any free moment going back to reading about yep. this shit. I think twice a day is an awesome goal because that's like enough that you're like really on top of things even in this world where news is changing so constantly exactly without filling every moment with it yeah it's i have to abide by that as well i call every free moment i'm reading about it and it's just not helpful no it's not helpful it's not healthy and i think a lot of you are probably in the same situation where pretty much all of my free brain space is like going to this Mm -hmm. like during those quiet moments I can't help but think about this whenever I'm talking to anyone it's usually about this uh it's yeah it's very strange it's fucking weird times and just to echo that or amplify this idea of screening your news I think something that goes along with that is a lot of fucking practicing self-care right now and this is something we talk about a lot anyway but Mm -hmm. I've been trying to be particularly as somebody who's now working from home and not being very active like I've been more militant about a lot of 
these self-care things that I should be doing anyways <laughs> recently. Yeah. So I've been trying to like, you know, take a break and exercise at home, take a break and go for a walk. You know, I don't have to interact with people outside when I'm going for a walk, taking a break and meditating. All those things I think are are really important right now. I think it's really and also, you know, we speaking of another one of our privileges, uh, we live in a time of technology. Mm-hmm. No one's turned off though, like we said before at the top of the show, no one's turned off your Wi-Fi. Call someone. Yes. FaceTime somebody if you can. I realize, like I said, once again, that's privilege if you have access to that. But even basic phones now have a two-way camera. Mm-hmm. Call out to somebody and just check in. I'm actually really it's I'm really shocked of just how many people are like, man, I haven't actually had like a phone conversation with someone for the more than just a few minutes because we normally just text or, you know, or I, we live in the age of TikTok videos. We, it's really short, quick interactions. Yeah. And I think it's a, to kind of beef up on our connections. We don't have to be pin pals. We don't have to sit there and write letters, you know, reach out, talk to people if you're feeling isolated you know, or lonely. Cause I do think that's also a part of self-care, making sure you're also eating healthy as well. You know, maybe time for some people to start learning how to cook. It's good. It's healthy for you. But yeah, it's, um, Keep your head up. Yeah. <laughs> Stay safe out there, unicorns. Oh, my goodness. Should should we? So we decided since we already were kind of mad and stressed. Yeah. We've been stressed at the internet. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> we have been stressed at the internet. We let, Let's just, let, we're going to just do like a happy, happy place, place, happy things, happy suggestions, just to end on a place of there is hope. There's life after coronavirus. There's life within coronavirus and that we got you. Yes. So. All right. Happy place. Damika. Well, first, how many happy places are you going to have today? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. I did not um, even. I just. I'm not not throwing shade. I'm just wondering if we should stagger stagger some happy places or if you want to consolidate and talk about all your happy places. I I only felt minimum amount of shade and the fact that you already knew. You just already knew. You're all her optimistic ass finding <laughs> happiness in places. <laughs> I like I'll do let three. Three is a very okay. healthy number. I all like right. it's a nice good. Do, do you wanna do you want them all out or do you wanna stagger? Let's stagger. Okay. I don't have three, right. but I think I can that's I can fine. wrangle two. So <laughs> you start no, that's and then totally I'll do fine. one and then we'll continue that way. So what's your first happy place? <laughs> All right. My one of my first happy places is all the videos of people singing and doing stuff on their balconies. Mm. Like in Italy. I love they'll be like, oh, people were sharing music. They were leading exercise classes on their balconies. You know, they were talking to each other across the way. I think people think Italy and they think everyone's spread out. It's actually quite condensed and it's really tall apartment buildings and with little tiny balconies and everyone's just like out still creating this new normal of singing and sharing music and dancing and I know that's not the whole time the whole thing but when I saw these videos of this uh, professional opera singer just singing over and people listening to it it just it got me it it I felt things, Danny. I, le- I love a good, like, balcony show. <laughs> so. Oh, oh, I'm a sucker for it. And there's another guy who was, like I said, leading people in exercise from, like, a high top, kind of peak top apartment area. And I thought, that's so good. You know, making sure people stay active and get those endorphins going. So that, oh, every once in a while, mankind just gets me. <laughs> All right, go, go. All right. I want to talk about something really awesome coming out of Asia <laughs> pretty recently. Oh, yeah, do yeah. it. They found, they found in a fossil, they found what they think is the smallest dinosaur <laughs> they've ever seen. Um, <gasps> it is about the size of a bee hummingbird. 
um, which is currently the no. tiniest bird no. alive. <laughs> they think it weighed probably about two grams. And this is like significant <gasps> because before this, the smallest species of dinosaurs weighed like hundreds of grams, which is still tiny, but two grams, a little teeny tiny dinosaur they found in a fossil. <laughs> Like fully grown? Yeah, fully grown, teeny tiny dinosaur about the size of a hummingbird. Pocket dinosaurs. Yes. Pocket dinosaurs. So cute. This is all we've ever wanted. I mean, wanted. it was like a teeny tiny dinosaur. It also had a lot of teeth. So they think it was a predator. Even yes. though it was like this teeny tiny <laughs> two gram dinosaur. <laughs> what would it eat? Can you imagine it would have like get like you know prehistoric flies and like trying to go around or gnaw on the bone of fallen animals? Like I can't even this someone someone illustrate this. Is there, there an illustration? Is. I'll, uh, maybe I'll post it. I'll, I'll share it. It is hilarious. I don't know if this is really what they think it would look like, but it's it basically looks. I don't even. It care. looks like a little teeny tiny bird, and then has all these little teeth and a red eye, so it looks yes. menacing. I'm going to perfect. I'll, 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 Wrap I'll post it, up. it. You hear that Jurassic Park? I'm expecting this. <laughs> if the next Jurassic Park doesn't have this tiny bird sore, then I'm not in it. I'm leaving immediately. Yes. Um, so I, I just love it. I think it's like cool and interesting. And I love to imagine a teeny dinosaur <laughs> out in the world. Back in the day. Imagine. Just so cute. Would you have to like, I wonder it would be like a bird and you'd have to like put up in a very specific cage and feed it meat. I have no clue. Since I'm going to post it, I should send this to you right now so you can see what it looks like. I'm here. Because I would love your hot take on this image. Here we go. (gasps) You guys. (laughs) You guys. (laughs) It's so mad. Okay, guys, so she's right. It has a body of a hummingbird, <laughs> but they did give it, but it has like the little claws like you would see on a micro raptor or the like the top of the curve of the wing or, you know, it has like little claws there. So I'm guessing when it has the wings closed, it could probably grab its prey, dainty legs, a prolonged tail feather, a red <laughs> menacing eye, and like hissing duck yeah, billed mouth. Teeny tiny teeth. <laughs> Teeny, tiny, almost translucent teeth. You guys, if this is not the next evil sidekick to a villain, I'm yeah. I'm out. This is perfect. This is yeah. absolute perfection. I love it. I love it. I, I want to see I wanted to see more colors. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I imagine something a little bit more colorful, but I imagine this would be better for a predator to be able to blend in. It has like a nice hues of brown in it with a yeah. burning red eye. <laughs> I'm just like, if, if this doesn't make you happy, uh, I don't know what will. Guys, come on. How can you be upset when there's t- there were used to be tiny micro dinosaurs among us? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. All right. What's your next happy place, Mika? My next one is it is a happy place, but I also definitely also throw shade at it a little bit because I'm a little bit of a hater. But I will explain. Uh, people are streaming because uh, no one's going out. People are streaming mm. a lot of their art. Yeah. And I love that. I really dig it. Some people are painting. Some people are giving classes. Some people are telling a lot of celebrities are even, I know, I don't like to give them too much credit. You know, they're reading stories to kids, which I thought is so important. I'm really feeling it. I'm like, way for us to use social media in such a positive way. And I, I'm feeling it. Now, some of you people are trying to capitalize on that. I'm not down for that. It's a time where we could just, if you're going to give, make it a free gift, give it lovingly and openly with nothing expected in return. That's the, that's the idea of a gift. But I do understand people are still trying to make their coin. So I do have mixed emotions on some of it. But for the most part, I love that people are like, you know, working on a song or here we go. You, you know, it's really cool. Or doing cooking lessons. I'm feeling it. It's so cool. It's yes. so, so cool. It's not as cool as a tiny dinosaur, but I think it's really neat. So, you know, if you must be on social media and you're taking a break from the Corona countdown, uh, go look for some really cool free um, uh, concerts here. Concerts are being streamed for free as well. 
which I think is really cool. Go get yourself educated. Oh, 360 yes. tours of museums. That's really badass. Go do that. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool art support out there in the world happening. And I think a lot of people who are kind of self-quarantined or doing the social isolation thing have been filling that space with books and movies and music and, and arts. So I think it's very important that everyone remembers that artists made those things and this time Mm -hmm. you know artists are one of those classes of people that aren't going to be able to be out there working during this time and probably aren't at home making a salary unless it's from a day job so like think about how you can you can like throw a little coin towards people hit up their etsy shops hit up their you know things because art makes life worth living I do. And for that, I did. It was like people who are well established who oh, were yeah. trying to get coin. Yeah. That's like, where I'm like, it's your capitalism thing. I'm like, I'm like, you can afford to give it out freely. Exactly. But that's, exactly. Yeah. That's I'm, the part I'm on I was board grumpy about. Yeah. I, yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't trying to like argue. No, you have every right to correct me. But <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree absolutely with you. That is so cute. All right. What's your next one, Danny? Hit me up. I'm going to go with. Midday stretching, <laughs> like it's yes. not—it's not a sexy happy. Well, maybe it's a little sexy. Danny, you have to be careful. I mean, with the, with the ears of these people yeah. don't cause them to be to go stray. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really nice to just like take mm. a few minutes in the middle of the day and stretch. And I, so I work in an office and I have my own office at work. So I could, in theory, I could have been in theory all this time mm. stretching in the, the middle of the day. time. Granted, like I, I dress nice and wear dresses and things to work. So maybe it wasn't possible. But now that I'm just Girl, hanging that out, door. <laughs> now that I'm just hanging out at home in fucking leggings every day, of course, I'm going to stretch yes. in the middle of the day. And it's awesome. Highly recommend. Mm, the air of leggings. <laughs> yes. begun for all people. The yes. age of now leggings is, is upon us. Exactly. For far too long, you have been mocked. But now it's your time to rise, leggings, stretch. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Oh, man. I think that might have to. All right. So for my last one, that will tie. Honorable nod to leggings. Thank you for everything that you hold together. I appreciate you. I know the work is hard and I know the load is much, but I do appreciate you, leggings. I, uh... But I will say my last one is really sweet. So like I said before, I had burned my hand, uh, you know, a week and a half ago. By the time this comes out, it'll be a little while ago. My friend was so kind. Uh, She actually took some really awesome photos for us for the show. She got me a little gift basket with some stuff, like with some hand cream and an oven mitt in it, you know, because we always have to have a little dash of humor about these things. But um, in it, she had a card and it's like a little slice of watermelon and it says you're one in a melon. And I thought, oh, that's so cute. But when I opened it, it's a happy birthday card, but she scratched out birthday and put burn day. So it was my happy burn day card. Oh, that's sweet. I love it. Isn't it? Is it, doesn't it so sweet, like turning something that like, it was a really not great moment for me. And actually, I'm not a greeting cards person. I'm like, I'm just going to recycle it or my grandchildren are going to throw it away when I die. I'm very, but I, I think as I get older, I'm getting more sentimental and I appreciate them so much more you know there's a couple that have like my mom's handwriting that I share and like you know Aww. I'll miss her handwriting if she's yeah. not here or it's just like those little bits because I only have uh, I have a few scraps of piece of paper that has my grandmother's handwriting on it and I thought it's just it's kind of important you don't have to keep all cards because don't want to be a hoarder but I don't know I've just gotten really sentimental of people who still send cards yeah and I don't think I've appreciated it enough so those who have sent me cards in my life i'm a jerk and i'm sorry and you're great and i appreciate them thank you yeah (laughs) i don't know in particular and this is gonna sound super cheesy but in particular now that things are so digital and like so much happens on the computer i really like handwriting (laughs) like i like handwriting things and i really Mm -hmm. like seeing people's handwriting because it it feels very private 
now. You know, like I feel like in in high school and stuff, we all exchanged notes and like I knew what everyone's handwriting looks like. But now Mm -hmm. I feel like (laughs) as adults, I don't know how many of my friends whose handwriting I could I could recognize. It's a very small number. So it feels like very intimate to have like something Mm -hmm. handwritten from someone. It is. And I think I just I. I don't know. I, I'm just appreciating that intimate touch. That means they sat down, took the time, thought about it, spell checked. At least that's just me. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's so yeah. It's a very darling personal thing, and I just appreciate it. And I think I'm going to work on being better about because I would write notes. I'll write notes, but a card is a whole thing. Right. You have to go get a card, or you have, you'll, or you have to make a card. Right. It's a thing. So I'm thinking, okay. I'm going to be better. I'm going to do better. And that makes me happy. Awesome. All right. There's (laughs) lots of happy things in this world still. So we hope that you guys make some time to really feel the happy things and check in with those. All is not loss. And you have support. We're always here for a conversation. We are. Just go back and re-listen to stuff. It will feel like we're there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and hit us up. I don't know. D'Amika always works from home and I'm sure as soon as your daughter is home things are going to be a little more hectic for you (laughs) but like I'm I'm enjoying this time at home and even though I have plenty to do I don't know maybe we can try to hit hit up Instagram live a couple of times in the next couple weeks oh yeah and maybe maybe kind of try to check in with you unicorns and see what's happening. But definitely feel free to reach out to us too. You can send us an email by racialunicorns at gmail.com. If you don't follow us on Instagram already, you really should. We're at biracialunicorns. We're pretty active there. We're less active on Facebook, but we're also biracialunicorns there. And we're even less active on Twitter. Yeah, we're pretty dead. Yeah, but we have a Twitter account you can follow for the day that maybe Twitter Twitter happens in our lives for us. We're at Biracial Magic. Awesome. We want to give a huge shout out to Joseph Scott, who has made our beautiful intro outro music, Dolly Pop Art, who has made our gorgeous art, and Tuso Smith's photography for taking photos for our group, which she has made a video for us that we, we should that share when we were together. Yeah. We should share that over the time. Speaking of sharing art, but yes, go give these folks some love. Follow them. I'm sure they're hopefully going to be putting stuff out as well. And yes, please give us suggestions if you're reading something, watching something, or following someone online that you think we should. And also, sidebar, thank you for the love that we have gotten. We've gotten a lot of like reposts and tags and, and comments. Uh, we don't like screaming into a void. Yes. Thank you. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast so that you don't miss our upcoming episodes. Next week, we'll be back with a mini-sode. And in two weeks, we'll be back with another full episode. All right, friends. Peace. Out.